Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. So welcome to another episode of the vault where I'm so excited to welcome CEO of Sales Maven. Nikki Rausch has the unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling and guys, you know how important selling is to your business. With 25 years of experience selling to prestigious organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, NASA, Nikki shattered sales records, and she received top producer awards along the way. Today, entrepreneurs and small business owners hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and authentically and not in a salesy way. She also wrote three books and has an amazing podcast called The Sales Maven, which you can find everywhere on podcast platforms. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here and uh, people who listen to The Vault and listen to multiple episodes definitely know that I have a big uh, sales background as a sales yeah. manager. So for me, it's very exciting to have this conversation because I'm so curious about your story. How did the sales maven get created? What, what is the story behind it? Well, the story behind it is I was in technology sales for 17 years and I was a traveling road warrior sales rep managing a very large territory. Yeah. And while, while I was doing that selling, you know, going cross country and uh, working with these big organizations and selling into them, I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, wow. NLP. <laughs> yeah, NLP. So if it's a new term to anybody, it's essentially the study of communication. And I started studying NLP initially because I thought, oh, it'll make me better at sales, which it definitely did. But it also helped improve just my overall communication skill set so much so that I really dug in deep. Like I dove in deep to NLP and I uh, most like I'm master certified practitioner. Most people with that same level of certification that I have, have maybe 200 hours. I have like 1200 classroom hours of wow. NLP because I just really got deep into it. And really interested in how it was improving um, my communication style, but also the relationships in my life. Wow. And so while I was the traveling sales rep, I started kind of feeling like, gosh, maybe there's something more out there for me, but I, I don't know what that is. I never really thought I wanted to be like a business owner by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and I just got really curious and um, I decided to leave my industry because I felt like I had gone kind of as far as I was going to go. I, you know, I was very well established there, but I just wanted something more. Mm. And so I took a job actually helping my NLP teacher grow her business. I was doing sales 
and marketing and event planning for her. And that's when I started meeting these entrepreneurs. I came from a very corporate background. So it was the first time I was interacting with entrepreneurs. And what I found was that entrepreneurs are so filled with passion for whatever it is that they do. Yes. And yeah. I just love being around passionate people. Like I I feel like I didn't really ever have that. So I always just wanted to like rub up against them and hope like maybe <laughs> some of it will rub off on me because of the so energy. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, you talk about energy. So it was, yes, it was yes. exactly that. And as I was getting to know these entrepreneurs, I found that many of them were struggling to make money in their business. And you know, if you don't make money in your business, you have a hobby. It's not a business, right? Very expensive hobby too. (laughs) Very expensive hobby. And so I started just helping some of them on the side because I found like the thing that was missing a lot was they didn't really understand, like they knew they needed to sell, but they didn't really understand how to do it. And they specifically Mm -hmm. didn't understand the sales conversation. Yeah. Like what's that back and forth exchange during a conversation? And I knew how to do that. I was, you know, I had, I had improved my communication style and skill set. So I just started helping some of them on the side and really sales maven was born out of helping a few of these super cool entrepreneurs and somebody pulling me aside and going like, why aren't you teaching other people this? Like, why aren't you doing this as a business? And my initial reaction was like, nobody's going to pay me money to do this. This seems (laughs) crazy. And so, yeah, so here I am just celebrating my eighth year in business as the sales maven, teaching people about sales conversations, how to be more strategic and how to really show up and sell in a way that makes the other person, the prospect, put, put them at ease, do it in a really authentic conversational way and be strategic and get to the place where we can invite them to do business with us and they can either decline or say yes, hopefully say yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's what I do now. And that's, that's how I got here. That's amazing. What an amazing story. And also so recognizable for people who have been on that journey or people who are thinking about it and all the recognition, like, why would I even charge money? And that's like the biggest resistance towards sales right? Yes. So am I good yeah, enough? Yes. Why? How can I charge even with price raises? How can I charge this money, right? So there is not mm-hmm. only a resistance towards selling, but there is also a big resistance towards being sold to. So what would you say about those two statements? Well, okay. So first of all, my, my philosophy and everything I teach is built on rapport. So you have to have a rapport with the person you're in conversation with. And then I always say relationship first rapport always. So you put the relationship before the sale. Yeah. That means that you, you treat people like they're a person, they have value and it's not just the value that's in their wallet, right? Like yeah. the conversation, the relationship matters. And then I also teach people that sales really isn't something that you should be doing to somebody. And if you approach sales, like I got to do this to somebody, well, yeah, that feels yucky. And of course you're not going to want to do that. That's going to hold you back. Sales actually should be from this mindset of it's something you do with you're being yeah. of service yes. to this other person. And it's not about pushing your agenda. And I honestly believe it isn't even, it, it's not your job to convince people to buy from you. I'm, yeah. I feel really strongly about that, that your job is just to find out, do they have a problem or a need or a want? Do you have a solution that will help solve the problem or get that need met or give them their want? 
And then your job is to just put the offer in front of them in a really kind, easy way so they can decide yes or no. Yeah. So that comes down to when you start looking at it, like you're actually being, you're doing a disservice to people when you're not even willing to put your offer in front of them, if it's going to solve a problem or meet a need for them. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you just, especially in the online world, you just get thrown offers at you with people who never even spoke to you, right? So that that is what you said about building the reports. And for me also being so many years in sales, it is always about the listening and Mm -hmm. creating, you know, picking up on the buying signs. Is there actually a need that you can solve And then you don't handle constant objections after objections after objections, because that is what most people put them off, getting all the objections or the no's, and then they don't proceed, right? So what is the one thing that you love to teach? What is the, the big epiphany that a lot of people get about sales after following your process? Well, okay. So I have a signature framework for the sales conversation. I call it the selling staircase. Mm -hmm. There's five steps to this, this staircase essentially. And your job is to move a client from step to step to step. And where most people fall down is they try to go from step one, which is introduction to step five, which is close. And they try to skip step two, three, and four. Yeah. Well, if you skip step two, three, and four, and by the way, we all see this all day long because we get sold to by people out of the blue. We get emails, we get people coming up to when we're out on the street, you know, you get just this constant bombarded with people going, buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. Well, that's because they missed all these other steps. And frankly, your job isn't to miss steps. So the one thing I think people take away when working with me is they start to understand where am I in this conversation? What step are we on? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to try to skip ahead to step five if I've just met somebody and we're just in this initial part of the conversation. Yes. Now, you can move somebody through all five steps in one conversation sometimes, but yeah. sometimes it takes multiple conversations. Yeah. And if you don't know what step you're on and you don't know what to do next, and if you're just hanging out going like, well, maybe they'll buy from me. They won't because they don't know what to do. Mm. They don't know what step they're on. So this is why I teach this five-step framework is just to make it really simple, really easy to follow. And frankly, it makes it so much easier for Mm. the prospect to be in a conversation with you when you know what you're doing and you know what to do or say next. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I had a process too when it comes to sales and explaining on sales training. And definitely it has to do also with the emotion of the client, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, did you have the report? And if it's like the first time you speak to that client, you move also through the emotion of the client so that they are comfortable with you presenting something in the right timing. Mm -hmm. So what is the biggest objections you see when it comes to selling from entrepreneurs, coaches, or whoever is in business and just needs to sell or else the business is not doing well? (laughs) Yeah. I think the biggest objection is a lot of times people will say, well, uh, you tell me if you've ever had anybody say this to you Mm. is a lot of times people will say, well, I don't, I don't want to sell. I just want to educate people. Oh yeah. Do you get that? (laughs) And here's where I'm going to say, (laughs) okay. So yeah. And I love, I love to teach too, but if you don't have somebody's permission to Um, educate them yeah, and you're approaching the sales conversation, like it's your job to educate 
First of all, not everybody wants to be educated. You don't always have their permission. And so what happens is you start to word vomit all over people because you're like, I'm going to educate you. And I mean, looking at you and all of your background and all of your experience, if somebody said, tell me everything you know about sales, you probably could talk for days. I'll bet. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a big question, right? And so when you show up, yeah. And like whatever your product or your service is, if people are like, very few people show up in a conversation as a prospect who wants to buy from you and says, tell me everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is all about, you know, they have this resistance towards buying. And that's because sometimes people just didn't uh, get that trust factor. Right. And if you try to convince them to take your product or try to fear talk them into taking your product, which a lot of people teach about online, you know, online selling. Me too. It's just like an allergy. Right. So what happens is that client buys in resistance and follows the program in resistance and doesn't have the results and ends up regretting the buying decision, which is awful. Which That's is the awful. worst. That's the That's worst. The worst. Right? Like you don't have the results. The client doesn't have the results all because maybe you have been doing a lot of talking and less listening. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to serve a, 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 a person. So give our audience a fresh perspective on sales, please. Because I think a lot of people need a fresh perspective on sales. <laughs> Well, here's what I was saying that I think is a fresh perspective. Well, you tell me, because again, you have such a background in sales, but I think the fresh perspective is I really approach sales of I'm here to be of service. And that means my job is to listen and ask really good questions Mm -hmm. that either lead you down the path to wanting to work with me or really quickly helps you as the prospect identify that I'm not the right fit for you. I'm not the right coach or I don't have the right service. So I always say bless and release the people who are not a good fit as fast as possible Yeah. so that you make time and energy and space to really dedicate to the people who are ready for you right now. So one of my philosophies is I refuse to chase clients. I don't chase people. You have to be in with me and I'll be in with you a hundred percent. But if somebody's like, you know what, Nikki, I just don't think this is the right time or I'm not willing to invest money in this, then I'm going to keep the relationship intact and I'm going to leave the door open that you're welcome to come back to me when you're ready, but I'm not going to chase you. That's not my job. My job is not to be here to convince. My job is to just be willing to invite you to the next step in the process when you're ready. Yes, absolutely. So I I have a personal um, story about buying, right? So the buying decision, new coach, next level, right? So I felt good about being uh, investing into one coach, but not everything was 100% on point. And I had this like, let's say universe call something that happened and I got in touch with a coach that I like truly, truly want to work with who almost never does want one, has a major waiting list, didn't think it would happen right now. And then he called me, right? So I needed to say to this person with intact, like, I love the process you are doing. I love what you're doing, but this is the decision I'm making for myself right now, but keep the relationship open to 
who knows in the future, who knows in another part of my business. And the same thing I have with some clients. I had two or three clients who said, I am just not ready for you. Right. And that's okay because yeah. you stay in touch, you stay in touch. And, uh, and, and are you fine with that? I'm saying I'm totally fine with it. I'm completely fine with it because it does not make sense to sell especially services to people when they are not ready to have the results. Yeah. And like you said, you know, the thing that you don't want is for somebody to feel resentful or disappointed. Yeah. And if they're not ready, they're yeah. not going to take action. You know, I, I say this a lot on the podcast and I say it a lot to my clients, implementers get results. Yeah. Like I know this, you probably know this too with your yes. clients, yes. my clients that implement get big, big results. Yeah. Now, when somebody comes in and they're kind of wishy-washy about working with me and maybe they decide to do it, but they don't really implement yeah. Well, those, those clients, if you ask them, like, how was it working with Nikki? They'll probably go, mm, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. but you ask my implementer clients, yeah. like, how was it working with Nikki? And they're going to go, you know, she changed my business or she changed my life or she absolutely helped me achieve whatever it was that I set out to achieve. Now here's the thing. I don't do the work for my clients. They have to do the work just like, you know, you and I have to do our own work in our own businesses. Uh We have to put forth the effort. Now, my job is to just, you know, I think my job when I, when somebody hires me as their coach, I will give all of me and I'll share all of my expertise. I don't play, you know, I don't play my cards close to my vest or whatever that's that saying is like, I'll give it all. And it's your job to go and implement and I'll support you along the way. And I'll, you know, help you with language and I'll, you know, give you strategies and all of that. And if you implement, you're going to get big results. And ultimately I don't want people to necessarily walk away and be like, wow, you know, investing in Nikki was so awesome because she's amazing. I want them saying investing in Nikki was awesome because look what I did for myself. Yeah. Look what I got out of this. Like I don't. A lot of confidence too, right? It gives a lot of opportunities for coaches, especially coaches need to coach if you don't coach. Oh, yes. That is not good, right? And there are so many many coaches out there. There are so many inspiring thought leaders. And uh, what is the balance between, you don't want to be pushy sales, but sometimes Mm -hmm. people, especially, let's say in transformational coaching or health coaching, lifecycle coaching, they definitely need to get rid of the limiting beliefs of the client. So maybe Mm -hmm. the client is ready, but still there is one thing, you know, the time or whatever, and it just might be something else, which is solvable, right? So where do you keep the balance for people to say, don't be pushy, don't like try to do everything to convince someone of, but if you feel like this is a solution, but you see some uh, disguised resistance, what what, what would your tip be on that? Okay. So I'm going to pull from my background in NLP and I'm going to say one of your jobs, I think as a coach is to advocate for the part of the person that spoke up in some way and said, I want help or I need help now. So I think my job is to advocate for that person, that part of, cause I think yes, this, is very, this, yeah. Yeah, this is very <laughs> NLP, right? That there yeah, were all made different parts. <laughs> Yeah, but it so works. All made it works. Different parts. But if you think like there's some part of that person that encouraged them to get on a call with you or to read what it is that you put out into the marketplace or to listen to your podcast or whatever that is, there's some part of them 
that is advocating and saying, I want this or I'm interested in this. So my job is to get really curious and I teach about curiosity. I teach how to create curiosity and I teach how to be curious in your conversation. So I'm going to ask questions. I don't need to push. All I need to do is ask questions. Ask questions. Absolutely. So for instance, I might say if there's, if there's some part of them that's hesitating, maybe the question is, you know, is it okay to ask? what was the thing that spurred you to get on this call with me? Because maybe they need to reinforce for themselves. Yeah. Oh, I really do want this. Or maybe I need to ask the question, is it okay to ask? Which by the way, is what's known as a softening phrase. Yeah. I'm not trying to be pushy. I'm asking permission because you can decline in that question. Yeah. Is it okay to ask what is getting in the way from you taking action on this right now? Like I can check and ask a question. And even in sales, they teach like a conditional close question. You, you yeah. may know this, right? Yeah. And a, yeah. a structure of a conditional close question is like, if I could do X, whatever their objection is, if I was able to essentially overcome whatever your objection is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it like that, <laughs> then would you be ready to move forward? Okay? Yeah. And the reason we ask that question is because we're, we don't, assume that we really know if that's the true objection or not. Yeah. And just, just like when a client has some hesitation or a prospect has some hesitation, get curious and check it out because sometimes they just haven't had enough time to process through the, you know, all they need to think about, or they haven't, um, had an opportunity to verbalize and then hear for themselves how Mm. important this is. So if there's a way that you can uncover the objection and then offer them a possible solution to whatever the objection is, then your job is to advocate for that part of it. Now, if you, if you ask and uncover what the real objection is, and I will say for me, like a real objection is somebody saying like, look, Nikki, I could sign up and work with you, but then that means I probably couldn't, you know, buy groceries for my family next month. Oh my god. Okay. Goodness. Yeah. So my answer is going to be buy groceries for your family yeah, next bye, month, bye. right? Like that's yes. we're not playing that game with me. So that's not an objection I'm going to for me from an integrity standpoint, for my own integrity feel comfortable overcoming. I'm mm-hmm. not going to offer a solution. Well, maybe if there was a solution like if I could show you how you could work with me and buy groceries for your family next month. Is that something you would be interested in talking about? And if their answer is no, I got to buy groceries and I'm not looking for any other solutions. I'm going to respect that and back of away course. and say, thank you so much for the opportunity. If something were to change, please know you're welcome to reach out to me at any point. Cause again, I'm not going to chase. And yeah. So I, I think, I don't know if I answered your question though. I felt like that was a long yeah, answer. N- no, but it was a good answer. And it, okay. it really is you're taking us to, through the process, right? And how to do yeah. this in a very respectful uh, way, right? Which which is not always what the market shows. There is a lot of aggressive like salespeople, yeah. uh, which give uh, salespeople a bad vibe or a bad mm-hmm. image or, you know, and that, that's a shame because there is so much talent out there, so much talented coaches, authors, speakers, whatever, who do have this resistance towards uh, sales. And when I look at my perspective towards sales, it is really, truly serving. It is solving. It is helping expand, helping growth, uh, helping in several ways. So, mm-hmm. and 
On the other way, you always, with the income, you always amplify more of what you can do, right, for other people and how you can serve. So I love sales, but not everybody loves sales. <laughs> so yeah. uh, what what is what's the first uh, step they sh- they would have to take to fall in love with the sales process? I think the first step is deciding for yourself that you like really getting to the heart of do you really believe in your product or your service and the value that it can provide mm. and the impact that it can make in the world of the person who is going to pay you money for whatever it is. Yeah. And then I guess that's the first step. Like really get clear on what what is possible for people when they work with you or when they buy your product or and when you start looking at it again, it's not about me, it's about them. Yeah. It's about the other person. Yeah. It takes a lot of that pressure off and then I think sales becomes less of a oh, I'm just trying to line my pocketbook and more about, I'm just trying to make a bigger impact in the world and in people's lives because that person can then go on and make an impact in their own community with their own family, with their own business or life or whatever. So I think it's getting really clear on what's the outcome that's going to happen for the person who hires you. Wow, you just gave so much meaning to it. I loved it. <laughs> it's just not this process you need to do in order for you to to get ahead and grow your business. It 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 is a mission, a meaning, right? Yeah. You explain it so well with words. I'm just I just uh, don't have words in it. It was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. So let's let's just dive into uh, people getting on calls, right? So some people mm-hmm. have issues getting other people on calls. Do you have some tips when it comes to getting people to actually get into the first step of the sales process? Yes. Okay. So in order to get somebody on a call with you, your job is to make it as easy as possible for them. So mm-hmm. that means... Do not send a message to someone that says, hey, let me know when you're available. That's not making it easy for the other person. That's saying, hey, add me to your to-do list. That's yeah. probably a mile long. <laughs> yeah, and then just like- you know, find out times. So I always say the way that you make it easy, and I teach this um, as, as you give people an option of three possible times to meet. Yeah. And then you say, and if you prefer something else, you know, please send a time that works better for you. Or you could say, if you prefer something else, here's a link for your convenience. And then you would give them a link to your calendar, Ah, but you don't make it about them. You make it about, or you don't make it about you. You make it about them. So it's all about their convenience. And I teach this in my membership and I talk about it a lot about this three times language and my clients that use it come back and they're like shocked at how often they get on calls with people. They're like, People just pick one of the times that I give them. I'm like, yeah, because you're making Amazing. it That's easy so for them. So good. Yeah. 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 Because with a link, it's also not always that people are going to book right away. Right. So oh, right. if they don't see the option, who knows if you give three options, that's amazing also for yeah. an amazing tip. So, and how about um, improving uh, conversion rates? How can someone improve their conversion rates? What what would a good tip be? Or is that very different? Is it is it very well? Okay, so when you say conversion rates, are you talking about their email conversion rates, or are you talking about the conversion sales, rate sales on, on the call? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so my brain's going like in five directions. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so on a sales call, the way to the way to improve your your conversion rate 
is to make sure that when, when it's the appropriate time, when you're in step five, which is the close, that you actually say closed language, you give closed language. Yeah. So closed language would be, you know, based on the conversation that we've had, this would be my recommendation. Then you lay out your recommendation. You go, is that something you'd like to move forward with today? Mm. And then the person says, yes, no, maybe they have a question or maybe they have an objection, but here's the, here's where this is really going to make a difference to conversion rates. A lot of people will say, I need to think about it. So if somebody says to you, I need to think about it, your answer should never be, okay, let me know, or okay, I'll check with you next week. Yeah. Here's what I want your answer to be. Great. About how much time do you think you'll need? Let's go ahead and schedule a circle back call now on our calendars. Yeah. That way I can answer any additional questions that come to mind for you. And then we can talk about next steps for working together. Yeah. And then you get a date and a time scheduled on your calendar to have that circle back call. Cause this is what will happen. They'll, they'll know that that circle back call is coming because they've got it on their calendar. And most of us live and breathe our calendars, right? Like yeah. I showed up here today, you know, on time because you were on my calendar. If you weren't on my calendar, I probably wouldn't remember that we had this time scheduled today. Like yeah. I live and breathe my calendar. Most people do. So when they see it, they see, oh, I'm supposed to meet with Nikki. We're doing the circle back call in five minutes. Maybe they haven't even thought about me since mm. that, you know, last call we had, but those five minutes before they get on the call, they're going to go now, what questions do I have about working with Nikki? Do mm -hmm. I want to work with Nikki? Now, if they don't want to work with me, they might just cancel the circle back yeah. call. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Cause now it doesn't, you know, doesn't waste my time, bless and release, or they get on the call and they're like, here's my burning question, Nikki. And then if I answer the question, then I then issue another invitation to work with me yes. to see if they're ready to move forward. Yes. So don't, you know, don't spend a bunch of time and energy and like all this thing of like, should I call them today? Should I send an email? Should I? No, you already know what to do. They're on your calendar. You're going to talk to them on Wednesday at 10. Done. Yes. Yes. I love it. And I always, in, in all this, this years of experience in sales, it is truly in asking for the close. Some people are amazing at a sales talk and then they don't ask for the sale. They don't ask. They are not closing, right? Yeah. And oh, then yeah. they're, or they're not following up if, if they are not in the right uh, process yet or there needs to be another talk or another call. So definitely more sales in concentrating on truly closing down and following up. Love that. That's love that. Right. All right. So I have one last question. What, what is the one question about sales that nobody ever asked you, but you would love to answer? Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> What's the one question? Okay. It's about when somebody asks you about your price, people always feel like they got to play their, they got to hold their pricing really close because they're like, oh, I got to establish my value before the person knows what the price of my, whatever it is that I sell. And I will say, I don't believe that to be true. I think you should be really proud and transparent about your pricing. And I like, I'm an advocate for listing pricing on your website. I'm such an advocate for if somebody asks you your price, you give it. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't mean that's all you say, but if you say, I've actually had a salesperson say this to me one time when I said, I'm really interested in, you know, in moving forward and working with you. What, what's the price for your package? And she said, Nikki, we'll talk about that later. And that was it that killed the deal for me. I was like, no, 
I asked you a very direct question about price and I expect a very direct answer back. Yeah. And if you are playing, if you're playing like, well, I can't tell you the price yet because I haven't established enough value. You're, you, you're making the sale about you and not about the other person. And that's, that feels shady and sneaky. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. So I, that's either. my question. Yeah. When somebody asks about price, you give it, you be transparent, you be yeah. proud of your pricing. If yeah. you feel uncomfortable about your price, then work with us. It's work like with somebody who's going to help you. Like pass the salt, like that yes. energy, pass the salt. This is the clear offer, clear pricing. Yes. You had a discussion and that, that's an amazing tip. I love that. I love this, Thank asking you. this question too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Nikki, that was such an amazing, amazing value that you have given. So tell people where can they find you? I really love your energy and vibe. And I see that you have so many ways to help people. So how can people find you? Well, the easiest way to find me is I'm going to wrap it around a gift for your listener. So if you go to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash vault, then I'll give you a gift, which is my ebook called Closing the Sale. So that's for your listeners. And and obviously you're a listener of a podcast. So come check out my podcast, Sales Maven. That's another way for us to connect. But go get the ebook because it's all about closing the sale and it talks about some of the stuff that we've talked about. Thank you. Great. So thank you so much for the amazing energy. And guys, we will level up with another expert next week on The Vaults. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general, the one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper, and see you next week to level up again.